Welcome back to season 11, episode four of the Digital Orthopedics Podcast, where we bring you the extraordinary lectures from the DocSF Experience 2023 in San Francisco. My name is Dr. Stefano Bini, and I'll be your host for this podcast series. In our next episode, we will hear from Dr. Jared Weir about Private Practice 3.0. So please join me as we welcome Dr. Weir to the DocSF stage. I'm Dr. Jared Weir, and I'm very excited to talk about the intersection here of digital orthopedics and the Ambulatory Surgery Center. That's this year's theme. I think there's a lot of power in there. And I'm frankly kind of the ideal guy to talk about the future of digital orthopedics. I grew up in the valley, right in the Bay Area. Went to school by the bridge, not that bridge. It was the Great Lakes Bay Area. It's less famous. It's in Michigan. The Saginaw Valley is about 50,000 people. Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing here, but actually the digital orthopedics part is probably true. I am probably the guy to tell you about that because I represent the little guy, the solo practitioner, these tiny one-man or two-man shops dotting the middle part of what you coastal people so kindly call flyover country. We've heard it. We're grinding out work, but there's a problem. And a problem I'd like to highlight with private practice, and I'd like to show you the solutions that the surgery center and digital orthopedics can put together. So when I talk about private practice 3.0, we kind of have to back up in the version history to kind of get you guys up to speed. So beta release of private practice Medieval times, the barber, sharp instruments, cut hair, and if you had gangrene, they could cut your finger. Not a lot of daily active users for that, frankly. Not very successful, but those were the first solo practitioners, private practice docs. We got seed funding, though, as private practice. Bought a horse and a cart, a little brown bag, and we went to people's houses. We delivered babies, we gave you cod liver oil, and again, if your finger got gangrene, we would could cut that off. Again, not very popular. Series A funding, though, that came in. That was a big deal for us. We got to 2.0 practice. That's what we're most familiar with. Private practice doctors, we got a little office, we moved into the hospital, and that's what we've been interacting with in a healthcare system for about 100 years. So let's dive in a little bit into private practice 2.0, because frankly, that's what we've been living with. We're gonna talk about UX UI, so the user experience and the user interface of 2.0 private practice. And again, you can come to my office, it looks a lot like this. The user interface for me and my patients, it's a private office and in a hospital. That's it, that's what we did. Everything was beige and hunter green, had a little fish tank in my office, the hospital, you know, linoleum, fluorescent lights, and that's what we did. That was the interface that we're all familiar with. But the experience, I roll in on a Monday and I see about 35 patients. I give that patient about 12 minutes, sometimes a little bit more, sometimes a little bit less. And I do that all Monday, all right. But I do sometimes run behind a little bit. There's just a lot of administrative stuff I gotta do. People start to get upset though. Like they crack the door, they start looking. It's not great, but you get through the day, you grind it out, and then the next day you're in the OR. And we do about four, you can do about four big cases per room in an OR in the hospital if you're cooking, and we do that. And then next day you go back to the office, do it again, see the patients run a little bit behind, they get a little angry, you keep moving. Then you go back to the hospital, that's it, ping-ponging back and forth. It's what we're used to. 
about seeing about 70 patients in clinical week, eight operative cases per room per week. Patient experience is a little different. You call my office. I'd like to see Dr. Weir. Uh, we say, great, we're not going to do anything for eight weeks. You got to wait. Okay, so they wait. Then between drive time, they'll come in from some of the smaller cities and towns. They'll drive in and they wait in my waiting room. They have to. We named it the waiting room so they would do that. So they sit in there and they sit in a smaller exam room. And all that takes about an hour and a half. But if it's a new patient, then you get 15 minutes of my time. Super exciting. We talk about your knee. And if you need to have surgery, we set it up. And then we go home and wait again. Probably another 12 weeks. Now there's some stuff, you get your family doctor, heart check, things like that, but you're gonna wait 20 minutes. And finally we get to surgery, we do your surgery, you go home and recover. Again, two weeks later, you're gonna drive, wait in the waiting room, exam room, hour and a half. You get to see me probably for about eight minutes now. This is less, just gonna come in, give you a little talk, set you up with therapy, and you're gonna go. You can do it again though, come back another hour and a half, waiting room, exam room, you get another eight minutes. This is maybe your second post-op, maybe at 10 weeks. And then I say, you're good. It's not that great, honestly. You waited 20 weeks. Your waste time to FaceTime with me is about four and a half hours of drive and waiting and about a half hour actually talking to me. That's it. That's private practice 2.0. But we get the blue screen of death here. This is critical error. We have a system failure with this private practice model. And this has been going on for a little while. Basically reimbursements have been falling. Not a big deal. What I'll do is I'll get more rooms, get more people to help me. I'll do more surgeries. I'll get a couple of advanced practice providers, nurse practitioners. They'll see some more patients in the office. We'll just do more, just do volumes. Now we have a staffing shortage though. I can't hire any more people for that in the last few years. My staff turnover in the office and the hospital is out of control. I literally cannot find people. And when I can find them, I can't keep them. And it's hard for me to even pay in my little office, my receptionist to keep them because they can be a receptionist at the accountant's office or the lawyer's office in my town. Cause guess what? They've raised their hourly rates, but our reimbursements are still a little flat here in private practice in middle America. Now the patient expectations have changed too, right? My patients don't go to the bank. Even in the middle of Michigan, you might not believe it. They'll take pictures, cast their checks on their phones. They don't go to the grocery store. That stuff's delivered. In the Midwest, people aren't going to church. They're streaming it online. Yet, they still got to come see me. Got to waste all that time to do that. Their expectations are changing and we are not meeting that. And then the last one that you've heard a little bit about, burnout, physician dissatisfaction, this stuff is piling up. And the reason I bring it to your attention is private practice 2.0 is dead. The small guys. We literally have the coal mines. Think of us as the canaries. I get calls, text messages, emails from my small practice colleagues saying it is physically impossible for me to practice. So they are retiring. They are going to employed models or changing even careers sometimes. And they're talking, we're talking about this. It's happening. And I know we're in Silicon Valley, the mecca of unsound business models still being successful. But let me tell you, the basic principle of not being able to bring in the revenue to pay the expenses is causing this system failure. So an update's required, and that's private practice 3.0. This is the combination of the ambulatory surgery center and digital orthopedics to rescue private practice. And what we're doing is very simple. 
The surgery center and digital orthopedics are inherently efficient. They have it built into their DNA, so we just leverage those efficiencies. This makes it better for doctors and better for patients. System requirements for if you want the upgrade requires three things. One, a full-time OR in an ASC. Two, data and the accompany analytics. And then three, you need an asynchronous telehealth. My kid brother, he's taller than me, but younger, is retired, retired ER doc. He retired from doing an ER position and now does asynchronous telehealth, which is not, he will tell you, and what he told me, the synchronous video medicine you did during a once in a hundred year pandemic. That doesn't have efficiencies like you need. Asynchronous telehealth is different, and so we'll talk about what that is. But those are the three things you need for private practice 3.0. The user interface changes. It's a single campus, ASC, private office, in physical proximity, and the user experience is much, much different. So now when a patient calls me with a new problem, an x-ray is ordered at an imaging center that's convenient for them. They can get that done right as they hang up the phone. They can get it done on their lunch break from their office. It might take them three, four weeks to get it done. They do it at their pace. This is what people are used to. Then simultaneously, clinical data is being collected remotely, and all of that is packaged up. And when it's complete, I interpret it. A physician will, will look at it and develop a treatment plan, which then gets delivered to them digitally. And then that treatment plan might include things like proceeding to surgery, might be a problem that I actually am not an expert in and a referral to a colleague, or it might just simply be, I guess I'm not sure, telehealth isn't perfect, let's come in for a traditional visit. But all of that gets delivered. We eventually proceed with surgery and then through remote patient monitoring, follow-up visits are not this regular scheduled thing that everyone goes through linearly. They are treated as needed and available as needed where we're managing people uniquely to their own recovery. So some people might need four or five post-op visits. Other people might need one. If it's the second knee, I've already done the other one, the people know what's going on and they live two hours away and everything's proceeding normally, they may not want a single post-op visit. But we meet the patient where they're at and what they want. I'm always available to them, but we give them the experience they want. My user experience as a physician, different as well. I am operating every day. Man, surgeons love that. But this OR is not this high burn OR that we've been used to in 2.0. This is an OR that instead of trying to maximize time, maximizes resources. So I actually have a smaller crew. They're dedicated and cross-trained to the process. So when the surgery's over, they may be tearing down the room, processing the trays, giving each other breaks. And it's a smaller, more nimble, unique team. While they're doing that, I've got time to look at my asynchronous telehealth visits, so I'm recording videos and making these physician treatment plans and delivering them. And then I will see inpatient visits too, because we will still need those. But now I'm operating every day of the week, and I'm doing the same cases, just doing it in a less linear way. In order to get this accomplished, we do need some enabling technology in the digital orthopedic space, thankfully. It exists. That's still shot up there. Gosh, I'm an elder millennial, so I've got young kids, and they've got the YouTube videos just blaring in the living room. A guy's playing video games, just screaming his little face in the corner. Drives me crazy until one day I thought it was the most brilliant thing I'd ever seen. 
And I use that same software. They have that software that is HIPAA compliant, password protected, and now I record individual little treatment plans for people in unique segments. I can do a full days of patients this way in the time it used to take me to do one visit. And especially people who love it that don't have to drive a couple hours to see me. And so those are actively being delivered. The market is filling with these very powerful technologies, sensors, smart implants that help me monitor patients remotely and recover. And that helps give me vision into how my patients are doing. And I manage them sort of like a shepherd and a flock. As long as the flock's doing well, we keep going together. And if we see problems or strays going around, that's when we get alerted. And this technology helps me do that. So again, the major issues with private practice, the falling professional fees, the ASC supplements that, frankly, with their facility fees. The digital orthopedic efficiencies, I have reduced overhead, and so my uh, margins improve. Staffing problems that we faced, uh, in 2.0, there was the multiple ORs and multiple staff. Now again, I have that single, small, cross-trained team. It also, with the digital side, I have reduced administrative burdens with these efficiencies. I don't need a person to shuttle in 70 patients a week. I can get away with a few less administrative roles, which is good because I couldn't fill them anyway. Patient expectations, those long wait times and unnecessary visits, they're gone. Now the ASCs, which already give a boutique approach, they're complemented by my office. And with the orthopedic tools that we have, I'm available and the care team's available to my patients when it's needed without the inconvenience. And then me, how am I doing? I didn't have enough time in 2.0. Now with the optimized patient pathways, with the ASC, and the new setup in 3.0, I'm seeing the right patients at the right time in the right place. And this, you come to DocSF to see bleeding edge stuff. So this though is happening. It's not 100% of the way there. We're still building it, but I am delivering those videos. I am watching my patients remotely on some of the sensors. I'm noticing problems, intervening on them. And what I'm telling you is if the little guys can do it. Everybody can. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well done. Yeah. That was a great explanation of how you've taken these technologies that you learn about, whether here or elsewhere, and put them into practice. What was the hardest, the most difficult thing to implement as you started going? Yeah, so I'm real honest. We're still implementing it. Probably the biggest thing is convincing the ASCs that this maximum time, like slowest turnover possible thing is worth it. Now, in states without certificate of need, it's a little bit easier than ones with. There's a little bit of <laughs> nitty gritty work to get into, but that's probably the big one is to get away from that, have to do it as quick as possible, short turnover, no time for lunch, those sorts of things. Because again, we're managing, we're trying to maximize resources, not, not maximize time. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Digital Orthopedics Podcast, and we hope you enjoyed this talk from Dr. Weir. If you find the talks as incredibly informative and topical as we did, please do share this podcast with your friends and leave us a nice review on your podcast player of choice. It would mean a lot if you did. 